Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, Iowa? <laughs> Hello. Hi. Um, so this is weird. Remember I said, what a year to start a podcast. I still believe that. But this is probably one of the harder ones we're going to have to talk about. I mean, that's, to put it in the words of KF, that's, that's football. football. <laughs> you already I, know. I had to say it with you. Um, before we get into that, I just have to, I mean, you know me, I'm all about the fans. All about it. And for every, it seemed like, I mean, it was hard to tell at the game because obviously they also wear maize or gold, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's all the same. Um, but for every one Michigan fan I saw, I swear I saw like three Iowa fans. There were a lot of Hawks there. I know we travel well. Obviously, this was a big deal, Big Ten Championship. So I can't say I'm surprised that that many Hawks showed up. We travel well. It's just the way that it is. But mm -hmm. um, I helped host the Hawkeye Huddle, and it was so much fun. So the fire marshal actually had to limit the capacity of how many people we could have in there. He limited it to 5,000. Jeez. And I know that we had some very unhappy Hawkeye fans really? that unfortunately could not get in, and it made me so sad. And the security there was like, do you want us to just let them in? And, of course, our people were like, no, you know, we don't want to get in trouble with the fire marshal. That's the last thing we need <laughs> right, right, right now. So, anyway, the 5,000 that um, were able to get in were so much fun, and I just enjoyed that so much. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was just great to see all the Hawks out there. I think going into this game, everyone was excited and just just pumped to be back in Indianapolis, of course. Yeah, I'd, I'd second that uh, wholeheartedly. And everywhere we went, and we didn't like walk around Indianapolis, but we uh, we took Dax to a donut shop. Yes, we did. And a uh, pizza shop. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but on those little half mile walks, however long they were, we definitely saw a lot of Hawk fans. Yeah, for sure. Um, Dax, I think everybody knows this, but made the trip. He was a freaking champ. We had one champ <laughs> that came out of Indianapolis, and it was him. No, he was so great. He had so much fun, and I think he's just like, is that guy that just loves all the stimulation. Like, he just wants to see everything, and he's so curious. And he slept through, what, the first quarter and, like, half of the second quarter. And then from then on, he was awake and wired. So, I don't know. It was a good time. He loved it, and... um you know, we made some good family memories. Also, he ran his first 40. <laughs> well, so we were going to have him crawl it, but yeah. I set him down. He doesn't really like grass. No, he or hates Or stuff it. that looks like grass. Yes, or feels like grass. It's more the yeah. feel. And so he always makes a disgusted face when he's on real grass. And so I put him down and he just sat there. And I was like, like, okay, well, that. I guess I'm going to have to help you walk. I think we made it eight and a half yards. And then I felt bad because we were holding up the line of the, <laughs> you know, the kids and then also like the 65 year olds that wanted to run the 40. <laughs> yes. So I uh, picked him up and we ushered him to the end of the 40 yard dash in yes. 40 seconds. Yeah. So that was at the um, Fan Fest, which was actually a really good time. If awesome. you ever, <laughs> if we ever get back there again, highly recommend 
going to the fan fest make a stop there it was so great matt is like a, a giant child for sure um and so he did the the diving catch they had like a little blow-up thing that they, they'd throw the ball to you and you dive on it so shockingly he caught it and the first one he actually led you off the little bouncy thing and matt still caught it and well, landed on the ground i'm not gonna not catch it <laughs> i'm not like, gonna look like an idiot in front of uh the like three hawk fans that knew who i was well that <laughs> And then you were like, I think I'm going to run the 40. And I was like, no, because I've dealt with enough of your injuries. I'm not going to have a 27-year-old with a popped hammy. Well, the thing <laughs> is, I had like these air bubble Nikes. And yeah. so I definitely would have popped the bubble in my shoes. They were nice shoes. And so I would have had to run barefoot. And yeah. so I liked it not to. But next time, bringing cleats just for that. Stop. You got to come prepared. You actually would too. <laughs> anyway, there was a lot to do. And like I said, a lot of good memories made. So anybody that was there, I hope you guys had a good time too. Um, okay. So well, let's talk about football. First, I got to I gotta point this out. I don't know if this was, I'm not how, sure how much it was covered. I'm sure they talked about it plenty with the commentators and everything um, on TV. But Michigan was wearing the patches on their jerseys that had the, like a 42 and then had four hearts. So there was that shooting. Um, at a Michigan high school, I think I believe it was just last week, um, and a, a kid that plays football and, and goes to that school, Tate Meyer, um, actually rushed after the shooter, from what I understand, um, and then unfortunately was was shot and killed. Um, and in, I mean, it's just horrific, absolutely awful. Um, and then four others were actually killed as well. So I mean, it's just an absolutely unbelievable and um, completely unnecessary tragic event um but in a way to honor tate his family um and everybody else at the school uh, michigan decided to wear the patches um and interestingly enough tate meyer who were they um wore the patch for i guess um was number 42 on the football team and they scored 42 points so although as hawk fans we didn't really love the 42 points that were up on the board I mean, you you can't not look at that and be like, I mean, you can't look at that and, and be all the way mad, right? I mean, it's kind of a special thing. And they also actually had his family out there at the coin toss, wow. um, which was special as well. So, yeah, I know that's a little bit heavy, but um, I don't know. I just felt like I had to kind of bring it up because I thought it was super special and, and really cool for them to honor honor him that way and, and the rest of the people. It's only right that they put up 42 points. I yes. mean, that's, that's for real. Yeah. Yeah, pretty incredible. So now we'll get into how they got those 42 points. Let's do that. Well, should we? Should we really do it? No, let's do it. Um, so, Matt, we're going to take a different little approach to this podcast. Typically, for a recap, we do like offense, defense, special teams, and then we just kind of wrap it up, right? I think this time we're just going to do um, what you liked, what you didn't like, and then what was the third thing? Like things that maybe I can help explain. That you can help explain. Okay. So you actually, when we were talking about it before this, you brought up one thing and you're like, well, when they do this, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I'm also wondering that thing. So I'm looking forward to the what you can explain thing. Um, but before we get into that, I just want everybody to know that although Matt and I try our best to be like eternal optimists, right? Like, I don't know. I don't really like to see the the bad side of everything. It's always pretty obvious what's bad in a situation. And it's easy to point out. Yes. But it's sometimes it's really hard to find the good, find the silver lining. And I feel like, a lot, um, you know, you and I, even when we first got together, but especially after you broke your foot, that was a goal for you and I, no matter the situation was like, 
okay, take a step back. What possibly, even if this is the worst situation we've ever been in, what could possibly come good out of this, right? So if we annoy you with how um, With our positivity. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry I annoy you with my friendship. Sorry. Office reference. Yeah. Um, Then I don't apologize, but I mean, I get it. Sometimes it's like, a little exhausting and be like no but it's fine we're not trying to be like that it's we're trying just... to be real because with everything that's bad i think it's easy that once you see one thing bad then everything becomes bad yeah but you really have to try and be like oh no 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 there was good that came out of that game and i do think there were some good things that came out of that game it's just a matter of being able to pick those things and maybe there weren't a ton but you still need to be able to build on things that you're good at and i think there were a few things that iowa did really well for sure the other thing is too like it's really easy to tear something down it's really hard to build something up. Yeah, in one day you can tear down a building. It takes yes. longer than a day to build it. I will build a beautiful block tower and it takes me five minutes and Dax sees it and he comes flying over <laughs> and boom, it's gone in a split second. So it's just kind of the way things go. So Matt, let's talk about it. Let's start with, I think I want to start with things, hmm, things you didn't like. Let's start with the bad. No, I'm not going to say the bad. Let's start with the things that maybe you were like, what the heck? Yeah. Um, there were a few things that obviously weren't great. Um, the, the one that's kind of sticking out to me was, uh, it was the third, well, first of all, we missed the field goal, very uncharacteristic of Iowa, Mm -hmm. you know, special teams wasn't, uh, our, uh, our advantage like it normally is between that and the blocked punt. Um, (sighs) I mean, that's kind of where I'm going to start. So Shudak, it, it, What's weird is that it curved around the goalpost and then he would have made it. Mm-hmm. So if it was a little further of, of a kick, he would have made it. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, go down, don't get any points. Great drive, don't get any points. Obviously don't like that. It was a great drive, though. It was. We'll get into that, I'm sure. And I don't like... It's not that I didn't like the play call. I love the play call of the halfback pass. I think it's very difficult to ask um, Monte Potabom to run and locate a ball like that in that situation. I think that... Um, even if you, we, we move around our guys, right? We move Monte Potabom. Sometimes he plays fullback. Sometimes he plays tight end. He's kind of like a jack of all trades kind of thing. But I think that we put our tight ends in the backfield enough that if we needed Laporta to look like a fullback, it would work. And that's something that Laporta's used to is running down and tracking the ball and things like that. So I like guys playing their position. I like the idea of being able to move guys around for sure, but I like guys playing their position when it comes into big time plays. Cause I think we score there. I think it's a different complexity to the game. Um, so th- those are two little things I didn't like. Um, uh, obviously the blocked punt we talked uh, I just mentioned that um, so actually what we do is like a rugby style so we go out and what those three guys in front of Tori Taylor are essentially the shield and they are not supposed to leave one another you cannot leave your buddy your feet to feet your heel to heel you don't leave your buddy okay that's buddy your buddy system, system. <laughs> 100% the buddy system well the guy on the far right got a little too extended because he went to block his guy and that left a crease in between him and the middle natural Michigan's guy came through made the block so the buddy system wasn't quite as buddy proof as it probably should have been. Okay. So that's kind of where that happened. Um, uh, one other thing that I didn't really like, uh, the very first drive, I'm going to go back to that. Uh, it was third and five, and we ran kind of an off-tackle run with Tyler Goodson. Mm-hmm. That play tells me that you're planning on going for it on fourth down. 
Like, if you're going to run the ball on third and five, I expect you to go for it on fourth. But I also don't like the idea of a stretch play there because they were, I mean, our first play, we were, uh, we tried to run off tackle. We ran right at Aiden Hutchinson off tackle and we got zero yards. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to run off tackle, I feel like that's not where we were going to be successful. Um, so I would have liked to have seen a, I'm a receiver. I'd like to see a pass, but if you're going to run it, I'd like to run it up the gut, get two or three, and then you determine, okay, fourth and three, these are the plays we have to go for it. So I thought that was kind of an interesting play call there that I didn't necessarily like. Um, I think uh, the last thing that I'm going to kind of talk about, um, one thing that I felt we could have done a little bit better is pass protection, obviously. I mean, they've got two studs, you know, 24 sacks between the guys on the left and right. And um, actually, his dad was honored during the game, Steve Hutchinson. Yes. Um, so, like, you know that he was going to play a little bit. You know, he was, he was going to try and rise to the occasion. As also, he looked very intimidating out there. Did you see him? I did not. Oh, they announced his name and he just looked like, I don't really want to mess with that guy. <laughs> just as a side note. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. So, uh, our our pass protection, obviously, we're, our offensive line is a work in progress. Their guys are going to have to gel and mold. Um, but... There were a few plays where I saw uh, some of our running backs just kind of get pushed back into the quarterback. And then it makes that much more difficult for Spencer or Padilla or whoever's in there to make a good, accurate throw. Because they're that much closer. Yeah, I mean, their follow-through is all different. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, there's a lot of people. I don't think people actually understand how difficult it is to just stand there when there's a 285-pound person running as fast as they can at you. And you just have to stand there and deliver a good ball. Yeah. While there's 21 other people that are moving, and you just have to take the hit. Like I don't, I don't know if people actually understand how difficult that is. It really is a, a talent, but it's very tough when you don't get that extra second or two to make that receiver get out of his break or, you know, open up on his route, things like that. So, unfortunately, I, I thought we could have been better on a few of those things. Um, And the last thing, you know, it was like third and 17. We kind of got, it was third and seven. We get like a a holding call or a tripping call or something. It was actually when Spencer took off and then they did the targeting call and then they took off the targeting call, but it was still a holding call on us. Yeah. So it goes back to third and 17. Uh, I can't remember exactly what the score was. It was either 14-3 or 21-3. And we hit Keegan on a circus route. So a circus route is essentially a corner, but depending upon how they're playing, he can cut it off at different um, depths. Okay. And he catches it, so now it's fourth and five. And it looked like our offense was begging to stay on the field. Yeah, Spencer was like, he put his hands out like, come on, palms up. Yeah. So, um, again, I'd like to go for it in that situation. Sure. And um, similar to the third and five where we ran it with Goodson, I think that if we pick up a yard or two, I think we should go for it there too. I, I'm very for going for it if you're inside the eight-yard line because I'm going to make them go 90-plus yards against our defense. I'll trust that instead of just taking the points and giving them the ball to 25. Go 90-plus yards. If you want those points, you're going to have to earn them kind of thing. Um, and obviously, they had some big plays, but that's kind of where we're at, I feel like, on, on offense. Okay. Well, that all makes sense to me. I get that. Um, I want to go to mm, – let's do – Things that you can explain. And then we'll end on a positive note with the things that you liked. <laughs> okay. And with a little bit of light. Um, so things that you can explain. One thing comes to mind for me, and that is, I think it was like third and 20. Okay, so in my head, purely as a fan, I'm like, throw the ball. Throw it so far. Just bomb it. I don't even care, right? 
Like, just what are we doing? Go for it. Um, And we run it, right? Can you explain that to me? Because watching it, when you're in the moment, you're like, why? What is happening? This is stupid. Blah, blah, blah. So armchair quarterback time. <laughs> hey, I'm a receiver. Go, go bomb it up to me. Like, yeah. let me see if I can make a play for you. I'm, okay. I'm the same way. But explain, explain the thought process behind what they actually did. Because what's funny is if you watch almost every single game, whether it be NFL, college, whatever, if somebody's in a third and 20, they're going to run either just a running back. They're going to run a draw play where they're going to fake like they pass and then they run it or they're going to run a screen. Those are like the three things that you run third and 15 and over mm-hmm. because you want a low uh, risk play. Okay. Because if it's third and 20, number one, it's going to take a long time for your receivers to get to where they need to go in order to get the first down. Again, this is, I don't necessarily agree with this thinking, but this is the thinking behind it. A lot of times too, so they can either tee off on your quarterback, you know, they might bring pressure and then um, because the routes are long developing, quarterback might get unnecessarily hit, ball might come out on a fumble, things like that. The second part is your quarterback is probably thinking he's got to force something. It's third and 20. He knows he's got to go deep. Well, he might not see the safety that's lurking over on the other side. He's going to come across and pick it. And now instead of field position where you're punting it, you know, 45, 50 yards, you're just giving them you know, 40 yards off, (laughs) off of what would have been the punt because you forced a throw trying to make a play. So it's a field position thing. Essentially, you're just trying to play field position. Yes. Okay. So that's kind of that part of explaining it. I get it. Okay. I mean, yeah, it happens all the time. But still, as you're watching it, again, all those things make sense to me. It's still you're like, what's happening? Right. Why don't you just try? Essentially a low risk. So you don't make a bad play, bad situation worse yeah uh two other things i'd like to explain okay uh one so i kind of explained the pump block earlier so i'm not going to go back into that um but there was uh it was the third down and i don't know if it was third and goal um where keegan came in motion and then uh he, he was on the outside he came in motion and then we ran the out route to him by the way definitely should have been called holding something like that yeah um, but there was one part, so he motioned in and the, the DB kind of softened up a little bit. So one thing that Keegan could have done to help himself is run his route at an angle instead of running it straight up. Because if he runs straight up, if you think about it, if I need to go outside and you're already outside of me, it's going to be hard for me to get outside of you because you're already there by alignment. Yeah. Right. So if he comes in, motions in angles at him and just does a quick jab step with his left foot vertical and freezes him freezes the DB because he's already eaten up his coverage or his, uh, his leverage. And now he might get head up and then beat him to the pylon versus running vertical. And now trying to run essentially past where he already is. Okay. He's got a head start. Right. So I think a leverage thing would have been beneficial in that situation. Gotcha. So that's just kind of like, we had an opportunity there. I, I just think that a little bit better leverage and I think we have it. One last thing, uh, it was like third down, again, <laughs> uh, third down, and we threw a quick slant to Keegan. It was like third and eight around midfield, and they fooled Spencer. So they ran basically what's called cover one with a rat. So essentially, it's cover one, and what cover one means is everybody's man-to-man except for the deep safety who's by himself. He's the one that can kind of go wherever he wants. He essentially reads the quarterback's eyes, and then that's where he's going to go. The rat. That comes into play. Sometimes it can be a safety. Sometimes it can be a linebacker. In this posi- in this particular situation, it was the will. So the will was the weak side linebacker. So we went three by two. Keegan's on the left side, on the two side. He's number one to the two receiver side. And the will was splitting our number two and our tackle. 
Okay. I know I'm getting really in depth here. (laughs) So stick with me. The three on the other side were man to man. There was one guy over top of basically our guard who's man to man, uh, who was just kind of sitting on that side. Sorry. He was on number three. And then, um, I think they had an extra guy up at the line of scrimmage, like they were going to blitz. And then, uh, they man to man, both of our guys on the left. We ran a quick slant, but the rat is basically a guy who sits at the chains and makes a play. Hmm. So he's not man-to-man, but he makes you think he is, and then he comes up under and makes a play. So Keegan runs a decent slant, but the rat saw it, and if Keegan catches that ball, his head might still be on the field. Okay. I mean, Spencer let him right into it, and it looked like that could have been a very hard collision. But that's because the rat of Michigan was just waiting there and read Spencer's eyes and made it. So they fooled Spencer a little bit. And uh, like I said, that rat made the play because it looked like it was all man, but it was cover one with a rat. Hmm. Cover one with a rat. Yeah. It'll get you. (laughs) So I just want to explain like those few nuanced things like, like, why are we throwing it here? Because he likes Keegan one on one. Mm -hmm. You know, he expects Keegan to win on that route. And then the rat comes underneath what would have been had he seen it. Arlen, number two, actually has more of the field to work with because the rat was sitting underneath him. So the window is actually kind of over your garden center where Arlen could get to beat his guy across the middle of the field. I mean, Laporta was kind of open on the other side, but I don't know if he gets the full eight, but I think Arlen might've been the right read. If he goes one to two, makes the rat overplay the holes behind him. And then we hit Arlen for, you know, 10 or 15. I hope we all got that. And you might need to get your pencil and paper and re-listen to that. No. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully I did a decent job. Yeah. I feel confident that I could for sure just write that down right now. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. If I got a little, Little into it on that one. Killed it. Normally I don't go that in depth, but I thought it was great. <laughs> so smart. Okay. Okay, so let's kind of wrap it up here with the things that you did like. The positivity in the room. Here we go. Things what do we that got I like. for me. You know who was everywhere on third down? Who is it? Sam Laporta. Dude yeah. caught like three or four or five yeah, third downs. Good. So you want to talk about a guy that we were waiting all season for an alpha that says, hey, it's third and six, I'll get you seven. Mm-hmm. It's third and eight, I'll get you nine. First third down of the game, he runs a quick out, definitely short of the sticks, makes a spin move, goes and gets it. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking Laporta was always there when you needed him on third down. And I, I can't remember what year he is. And I apologize that I don't know that off the top of my head. Uh, I think actually he's a junior. Um, Hopefully he'll be coming back next year. Um, But like that's a real positive thing moving forward about him being able to just be there. Like I said, we needed an alpha and our tight ends were just our tight ends were our most efficient pass catcher, uh, especially early. I think Spencer was uh, like his first five passes that he completed were all the tight ends. Mm -hmm. And so I think we I think, like I said, Laporta showing up big in a big time game. I think that shows that he's really starting to like get it. Yeah. Now, he did have the one off the top of his hands. Padilla threw it a little bit high, and it turns into an interception. Um, but We're talking I, about the I good still... things here, Matt. <laughs> well, I got to encompass everything. Yes. Uh, that ball was a little bit high, but still, I think Laporta is showing that he can be the guy. Okay. What else? What else did you like? Defensively, Seth Benson was kind of everywhere. He was. He was a bruiser. Holy cow. <laughs> he smacked their quarterback one time. Yes. The, uh, the the quote from, it was 2015, and it was Josie, um, who was at the Northwestern North quarterback at the time. Was it? I can't remember. Well, anyway, Clayton Thorson? Does that I, sound maybe. Right? I don't know. He smacked him, though. And Dolph's famous um, 
call was, he tattooed him chest high. And I literally said that <laughs> when Seth hit, hit their quarterback that hard. But yeah, that was wild. Well, he did that. He It was like third and, I don't know, eight. They were on their own five-yard line. Seth Benson comes free, causes an incomplete pass because the quarterback had to roll out and throw a bad pass. There was a th- second and two or a third and two where their running back ran up and Seth Benson met him in the hole. Now, he got the first down, but like Michigan is normally going to like fall forward for an extra two or three yards when they initiate contact. Not on Seth Benson. <laughs> they had a few runs too, where they were like trying to bring a two or three guys outside and Seth would just whoop the tight end, just mm. throw him on his, on his butt and then go and try and make a play. I mean, obviously there's a lot more things on defense that, you know, all 11 guys have to be working together, but it seemed like a lot of times Seth was whooping whoever the guy was that he was on. So, um, that was something that was an effort that I absolutely saw. Seth Benson was everywhere. Okay. Well, I liked those things, too. Um, you know what else I liked? What? There's some really good mac and cheese at their stadium. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to talk about. These are the things yeah. people want to know. Okay? Yes. <laughs> um, no, I actually, I have a question for you. Okay. We're going to get serious for a second. Okay. I'm going to need you to take your hat off of... Um, Media training from Iowa football, okay? <laughs> no, I just have a quick question. Okay. If you are um, looking ahead, I know we haven't even played our bowl game yet. Spencer versus Padilla. How are we feeling? What do you think? That's a great question. Yeah. And I think everybody's talking about that right now. So that's why I just want to get your opinion. That's all. So the tough part is being on the outside, I don't see their work throughout the week. Right. Okay, because a lot of people, and we'll talk about this in future ones, but a lot of people had high hopes for Deuce and, you know, things that he was going to do at Iowa. And it appeared that he did not practice very well. Okay. So, although we on the outside might think, why aren't you putting him in? He might just be practicing bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was going to say, Matt also has not been to a practice to see that, by the way. Just no. want to put that out there. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, on the outside, you just don't know. Yeah. Right? We don't see all the practice tape. And maybe Deuce has thrown seven interceptions on eight passes. Like, sure. we have no idea. Yeah. Um, maybe Spencer's done that. Maybe Padilla's done that. We have no idea. So, moving forward, I think Padilla obviously adds a little bit more in terms of, um, I think I think they're a little bit different players. I think Spencer is more willing to go through the reads, um, you know, in terms of one to two to three. And I think Padilla is more of kind of like, I got a feeling about this guy kind of thing where he's going to throw it to not necessarily the X's and O's of where the ball should go, but he's just going to let his guy make a play. And I think there's pros and cons to both. Padilla obviously moves a little bit better. Spencer took off, which... Hello. Very unaccustomed to seeing that. Yeah. But Padilla being able to move helps a little bit. And then you look at bodies, you know, I mean, obviously Spencer's a bigger body, you know, whether or not that pays off, I don't really know. But I, as far as the very small sampling that I've seen thus far, it seems like the team really rallies around both. And that's really what matters. Like, do, do you care about the guy that comes in? You're laughing at me right now because I didn't answer. And no, I, yeah, you didn't answer and that's okay. But I, you had, there's merit to what you're saying. You are absolutely correct. I'm definitely not going to say you're not right. And it should be this person because I, I agree with you. I think that it, it, when you see each of them out there, it's not like you can tell the team is like, man, this guy, not this guy. 
Like, it, I mean, the team doesn't react like that. No, or they, they go, don't. why do you take him? Like, they don't say that either. Yeah. No, so. it, it's and when Spencer was taken out the very first time due to the, the shoulder injury, uh, I think it was Keegan. We talked about it in his post game was like, you know what? Spencer's a great, you know, team player. He's this, he's that, he's the other thing, you know, took it, took his time out um, just to specifically talk about that. And then you hear him talk about Padilla and they say the same thing. And, you know, Padilla and Spencer say the same things about each other. And so it's like... And you can't gather everything from media, right? Because oh, well, yeah. I can yeah, give yeah. you a media answer, like none other. Yeah, but at the same at the same token, you can tell what guys do when they're on the field, right? Because right, right. Spencer's first two drives, we went right down the field. Mm-hmm. Padilla's first drive, they went right down the field. So it's not a matter of, like, do they play harder for one quarterback or the other? Yeah. It's just who's going to better fit what Iowa wants to do or what we should do. So really, uh, as we expected, no real answer from Matt, but <laughs> that's okay. I wasn't expecting anything less or anything more. So, Matt, um, it's Monday when this comes out, and we all need a little Monday motivation. We're feeling a little down, Okay. I don't know. Maybe everyone else is. I'm not. <laughs> I feel great. Um, but if you are, let's just say, the head coach of the Hawkeyes, you end that game, the Hawks come into the into the tunnel, they walk into the, the Colts locker room, everybody's down. They're upset, right? Didn't go the way they wanted to at all. What do you say to them? I'm curious. So first of all, I'm flattered, but... Coach Ferris, I think Coach Ferris is going to be around for a little bit. Um, but I think as they come in, first off, I do want to say that there's really not a whole lot you're going to say that's going to change the way they're feeling right now because that's tough. So I think you, you started off by saying, guys, that's a really good football team that we just played. That's the number two team in the country. They should be undefeated if they didn't, you know, blow a 16-point lead to Michigan State on the East that everybody talks about. That is a very good football team. They outplayed us. They outcoached us, and they just did what they needed to do to the win, what they needed to do to get the win. And there's no way around that. But this moment does not define you. The 2021 Hawkeyes are not defined by what they do in the Big Ten Championship. The 2021 Hawkeyes won 10 football games for only the seventh time since I've been coach. Seven times since 1992, the Iowa Hawkeyes have won 10 ball games. You're one of that group. You guys put up double-digit wins. That doesn't happen season in and season out. You guys busted your tail since back in January to get to this position, to be in an opportunity to play in this game because you guys earned it. You earned the opportunity to be in this game based on how you've played every other game this year. You showed resiliency against Nebraska when you're down 21-6 and you go, no, we got this. We'll come back. Put up 22 unanswered to win the game. Okay. You guys have earned the opportunity to be a good football team. This game does not define you. Recognize this feeling because this feeling sucks. This feeling is terrible. But you only feel this way when you care about something as much as you do. You only feel this bad when you care so much about something because you know how great it can be. So if you take this same feeling and you think about what can be, you have one more time to put on the black and gold jersey with this team. We don't know how many people are going to come back. We don't know how many people, you know, are going to use a COVID year, things like that. That'll be determined. But you have one more time with these set of guys to put on the black and gold in the Citrus Bowl against Kentucky and take this feeling with you because you don't want to feel this way. 
because I know you care. And I know that day in and day out, you're willing to do the grind and, and do everything else. And we are too as coaches. We need to reevaluate and figure out how we can coach you guys better to put us in a situation to win. Just like you guys need to reevaluate and figure out how can I play better? It's us as a group collectively. It's not, we're not pointing fingers and saying, it's this guy, it's that guy. It's what, no, it's us. It's a group. We as a group need to move forward. And this game doesn't determine what we do. We have one more opportunity to make sure that this bitter taste in our mouth doesn't end the 2021 season. And we need to take this into bowl prep and figure out what we need to do to beat a good Kentucky, a good Kentucky team. Because again, we've earned the opportunity to go to the Citrus Bowl and understand that we still have more to do. This isn't it. The, the game is not over. We, the season's not over. So we're going to lick our wounds. We're going to figure out what we need to do better. And then we're going to move forward because that's what we do. Round of applause, everybody. That, that's what I would say. <laughs> there was no better way to wrap that up. <laughs> that was amazing. I love you. That was so good. <laughs> um, okay. I think that was the perfect way to end the podcast. I hope everybody's having a fantastic Monday after that. Continue to move forward, okay? Go into the Citrus Bowl, a nice, warm bowl game. And guess what? It's not the Outback Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's all take a moment to appreciate that. (laughs) The Outback Bowl is great. It's a good experience. Don't get me wrong. We've been there like 20 times, though. So Citrus Bowl, here we come. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I can say. Um, Hey, Let's move on. Let's keep it going. Let's roll. Go Hawks. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.